The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. Two down, three to go on the preseason. Bears fall in Cincinnati last night, 30-27 to to the Bengals. A late touchdown gets the win for Cincinnati. Bears had the ball in their hands to uh, try and make a difference, but it did not happen. Also, a missed field goal. 52 yards avoided a tie by Cody Parkey. Hi again, everybody. Jeff Joniak with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Tom Thayer, the 85 Bear and Bears preseason TV analyst and former quarterback with the Bears, Jim Miller, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good evening, fellas. Tom, we'll start with you. Overall, quick analysis of what happened last night now that you've had some time to think about it and watch it again. Well, I think any preseason game is always about the team going back into the room and being able to sit in front of your peers and get strictly criticized about the evaluation of the tape. And you better perform better during the course of the week and then leading up to the next game. So I think you just got to take the film. You have to deconstruct it, see how it fits according to the reps that you got. And then, like I said, make improvements physically and mentally so you're better judged next week. Jim yeah, for, for, yeah, for me, when you look at it, uh, and obviously good to be with you, Jeff and Tom, but, uh, you know, first things first, you know, the, the basic things, you know, those, those have to be corrected. We know the, the drop passes, and there were numerous missed tackles. You think of that Joe Mixon uh, touchdown reception. Two guys had, you know, took the bad angles. One player didn't wrap up on that particular play. Those, those things can be corrected. And then, obviously, like like what Tom's saying about the the attention to the details, you know, saw guys not getting signals in a two minute drill where uh, you know the Tyler Bray's trying to signal a route and receivers not paying attention and runs the wrong route. So those are all mental errors. And like we always say, the physical errors you can kind of accept. You're going to get beat sometimes physically in football. I think it's more about the the mental mistakes and the lack of focus that that really really needs to pick up and what is a new offense and why they're having these type of mental errors. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you for the next hour. Mike Chen producing tonight, and thanks as always to Herb Lawrence. Let's dig in to the trenches because that's where it all begins and ends, and I want to talk about the offensive line first, and then we'll go over to the defensive side of the ball. Tom and Jim, as you guys looked at the game as it was unfolding, and now I've had time to think about it as well, and again, watch it a second time. Where did you see some positives? Where did you see some things you need to work on? And are there any of these guys outside of the first team that caught your eye moving forward here in the coming three games? You know, Jeff, for me, I'm going to give the first team offensive line an incomplete because there's not enough reps really to judge them on. And you got to be able to have multiple series in order to see these guys, if they can make adjustments, if they did have a physical or mental error. But I'm going to tell you about a guy that's really – all right, first of all, I love James Daniels. I think this guy has the ability to be a major contributor by the time the first regular season game begin. He does a lot of things really natural, good balance, good length, good size, and good strength. The one guy that's really capturing my attention is Rashad Coward. This guy's an offensive ta- tackle – Trans making the transfer from being a defensive lineman. He does things 
as well as a seasoned offensive lineman right now because he innately has confidence in doing them. Sometimes you have to repetitiously teach an offensive lineman how to do certain skills and they still have a hard time learning it. But this guy, he has got size. He's got a nasty streak about him. He's a good athlete. He's got good feet recovery to the outside. So if I have one guy that's really, you know, pressing my interest buttons on the offensive line of of the outside guys, it is Richard. Let me ask you this, Tom, because, you know, making that conversion, and it seems like, you know, Harry Heastan does like his toughness, certainly, you know, his hands and being a defensive lineman. He certainly knows about what, you know, offensive linemen and areas to attack on an offensive lineman. But, you know, for offensive linemen, you know, they're so used to, or defensive linemen, they're so used to always going forward, penetrating. What about for him in terms of his pass protection, you know, getting back and, you know, really getting himself out of that mindset of always being a guy to come off the ball, which is going to be great on running downs, I would think, but in the pass protection part of it. For coward. You know, Jim, the most difficult thing to teach an offensive lineman is the foot and the way the process of pass blocking because you have to be aggressive, but you also can't be over aggressive where you lose your blocker. And those are the things that I'm impressed most about is he has tremendous confidence in the length of his arms reaching the defensive player, outside linebacker, defensive lineman, but he also has the feet to catch up to him and he can dance around to stay in front of the defender. And that's the, one of the things that's capturing my attention is his ability to translate defensive line play into being a quality pass blocker. But you still see that, you know, that Mark Bortz conversion defensive mentality at when he goes downfield and he has to hit a linebacker hard or else he's double teaming with a tight end or an offensive guard. He is a strong guy. He has good knee bend. He's 6'6 with length. So, again, 320 pounds. He moves as well as you need to move, and he's got, he has a good understanding of the offense, which impresses me. Yeah, I, well, really liked what, I really liked what Daniels did on that touchdown run by Mizell uh, because, you know, I think if you go back and look at the whole play, he probably was a little high on it, but I think you saw his lower body strength because ultimately he ended up pancaking uh, the defensive lineman of the Cincinnati Bengals to – to get that touchdown run for me, Jeff, it's going to be the tight ends. I thought the tight ends had a good night. You know, the receivers were lacking a little bit with, with the drops and precision route running, but the tight ends, I thought Adam Shaheen specifically, he looks much better at the top of his routes. And really when he comes out of his break, he's looking for that football. And I think he's starting to show those soft hands that he had as a, as a basketball player. He's a big body. He's going to be a red zone threat. I think at the, at the end of the day, and when the season's all said and done. And even the other guys, I thought Broniker played well. You know, the catch and runs uh, for him and the e, obviously Daniel Brown, too. So I think it was a big night for the tight ends of the Chicago Bears. Oh, it certainly was. And there is something about tight end production in the NFL that always has got my attention. From the time I fell in love with this sport, always has. It's, it's not just the rugged nature of the position, but like you say, the red zone opportunities, the mismatches against a safety or a linebacker. And you got the big dude. Rumbling down the seam to snag a laser on the run, busting tackles along the way. Sign me up. 12 passes to the tight ends last night, 11 caught for 174 yards. You know, this is a mismatch league, and Matt Nagy knows how to exploit mismatches. He talks about it all the time, and he does so aggressively. We'll pick it up from there. We'll go back on the defensive line as well when we come back. Thanks for joining us tonight with Jim Miller and Tom Fair. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity 
natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score until 7 o'clock tonight. We are guest-free tonight, so we invite you to give us a call. Jim's uh, kind enough to jump in the program once again. We missed you here the last few weeks. 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Before we go into the defensive line, like I had mentioned uh, before the break, I do want to go back to uh, a couple of notes that you got. And this is a guy that from the time they moved him, and it was an idea of Vic Fangio, has suddenly become so smooth back there in his past sets at practice, it's it's night and day. In a very short period of time, he has made a big jump. This is a guy that didn't start playing football until the eighth grade, fellas. Instead, he admits he was playing video games or picking fights in Brooklyn. So this guy comes from a tough hood. To your point, Tom, he's got that mentality, a tough guy mentality. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you, you, you know, you have to have that mentality to be in, in the trenches, and you have to have the desire and the willingness to make a transition like that because – there's not a lot of similarities to it. And then the overall assignments and the understanding of terminology after you make the transition as a defensive player, it's, it's pretty confusing at the beginning. But I think Harry and uh, Donovan Rioli, all the assistants that he has up there in the offensive line have been doing an incredible job just molding this guy into a legitimate offensive right tackle in the league. And I, I'd be interested to see him take some sets on the other side just to, just to see if he could transfer his ability over to the left tackle position. And then uh, the other matter was, uh, Tom, you mentioned James Daniels. So you envision him making an impact or, or at least on the track week one. I do, where, you know, though? and it's all because where, what, what position? It's because of the versatility of Cody Whitehair that I feel so strongly about this. To me, Cody Whitehair can really play anywhere in the offensive line, but if I could put him at the offensive guard position and keep him there for the next 10 years and not move him ever again, you know, that would be a goal of every offensive line coach. I think James right now, James Daniels, the rookie out of Iowa, he has the strength, the ability, the understanding of both the snaps under center and shotgun, and he's got the strength. And then if you had Cody and Kyle Long on each side of you, these guys could escort you through your rookie season with a lot of strength and experience. So I would just keep cultivating the talent of James Daniels and understand that he has to make a commitment to an NFL season, and it's not easy to do right after your senior year in college, but that's what they drafted him for, and uh, he's showing some root to be a real bright spot in this camp. Well, I think when we look at James, I, I think in just talking with Harry Heastan, he wants him to get a little bit stronger uh, upper body-wise because really, to me, the strength of, his, of him is really his anchor. He's really Agreed. got a thick, thick lower body where he can drive much like he did on that, that touchdown run by Mizell. He really uses his legs to, to really just like tree trunks, and they're solid, man, and he can get a good you push, know, but Jim, I you think know, the upper body strength he wants to build up a little bit more. One thing I like about James in the game is he was playing center, he snapped, and he was pulling to his left. He understood that the inside linebacker was taking a path for the running back. He stopped, readjusted his course, made the linebacker readjust to a longer challenge, and he was never able to make the play. So it's not his instincts, it's his instincts at the line, but it's he He's got good understanding, and he, he's got the wherewithal to keep his head on a swivel when he is on the move. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how it unfolds because, 
you know, I, I think there is something to be said with Whitehair at center all year last year. It probably the, the centers are making a lot of the calls up there. Not that James can't do it, but he, he was he had to sit out uh, really a week because of the shoulder. And you just wonder how far he is behind because you like to th- think that quarterback center, you know, you want those two to be tied at, at the hip and maybe by missing some time that set him back a little bit and why they probably still have Eric Cush and Watford and all those guys competing at guard and probably will stick with Cody Whitehair at the center position. You know, over the years, Tom, when we've done games, it, we have circled rookie centers when, when the Bears have gone in to play different teams over the years. Uh, maybe it's based on, you know, certain matchups and whatnot, but we've always looked at that as an advantage for the Bears when you're going up against a rookie center. Um, would you feel that would be a disadvantage at some, at some point because of, he, of his age? He's just 20 years old. Um, granted, he was a terrific player for Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, but w- would that be something that you would look at a- as a potential issue? No, I, it's about evaluation of his ability. And then uh, when you're sitting in meetings with him and you ask a question of him, you ask him to maybe give the, uh, uh, the information, the right point out and everything in order to, to the protection, then the audible, and you have to test him that way too. And if he can come up and answer these questions instantly, then you know mentally he, he's able to to grasp it you know Cincinnati they drafted Billy Price out of Ohio State with the 21st pick in the draft and they were criticizing his ability to have the center quarterback exchange fluidly and then they were bragging that he had two practices without any drop so you know I I would I see as much or more ability in James I see more strength more size in James than I did in in Price when I was watching Cincinnati so I don't um if he has the ability to stand up and play and he's got you know the evaluation of the coaches and the staff hey I have no problem starting him week one this is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score here until 7 o'clock tonight again 312 644 uh, 67, 67. Let's go to the defensive line. Thoughts on how those guys looked up front? Well, for me, I'll go first, Tom. I, I liked what I saw from Leonard Floyd. The, the get off. Now he's added a swim move. He's already has a spin move, and he also has that burst where he can just get off and, and lower his shoulder and get around the offensive tackle. And he he really displayed that numerous times. Twice he beat the uh, the Cincinnati tackle with a swim move. And so I was impressed. I like what I saw from him. I know he's coming back from, from the knee surgery, but for him, I know they've been, you know, they've been smart with him, bringing him back, and, and he's you know, practiced sparingly and how they've utilized him there in uh, training camp. But Leonard Floyd, and, and clearly you can see the effect. That, that one pass rush where he had the swim move, Andy Dalton was affected on that play. He released the ball way too early. Receiver wasn't ready. Cal Fuller gets the opportunity to step in front of it and, and get a pick six. So, for me, I, I was very impressed with what I saw with, with Leonard Floyd. So that's what we need to see all 16 weeks of the season uh, from from the big-time pass rusher. Well, you know, Jeff has been saying all year that Leonard Floyd has been stacking practices, and he has. He's been out there every single day giving really qu- giving quality effort, whether it's individual pass rushing drills or teamwork or pass coverage responsibilities. But when, when I think of the defensive line of the interior, you know, you have your regular cast of characters. First play of the game, uh, great play there by Akeem Hicks. Really strong from the backside, overpowering and overwhelming when they try to single block him. But, you know, then, you know, you have your Eddie Goldman and, and Jonathan Buller and stuff. But when I look at John Jenkins, Blau Nichols, 
and Nick Williams because you're going to look for that those depths and that that components of multiple position players. Every one of those guys have been able to play up and down the defensive line. So if you have seven defensive linemen active or even six, and every one of them can play every position up and down the defensive line, your hands are never going to be tied if you do have an injury or a hiccup at, at any position. And John Jenkins, big size, 330 pounds. And Nichols, here's a guy that has length, 6'4", 290. And, and I really like what he's been able to transfer from – you know, having, you know, not from Delaware. So you're not playing against major talent, but the talent he's up against, he's really, he's battling. So those are a couple, you know, the three defensive linemen. I think they're really going to be involved in the mix when the final decisions are made. Yeah. Then you look at Nichols, he played more of the inside than the interior of their three man front uh, there at Delaware. And now he's been asked to move outside. He's, he's, he's doing a good job. There's no doubt about it. I think, uh, you know, he's definitely in the mix. You see the athleticism uh, from his standpoint. But the other defenders that really stood out to me, you know, we look at DeAndre Houston Carson. He's flashed again, I think, making some plays. And, you know, you look at other guys. John T. Mu, I know he missed the tackle or took the bad angle on Joe Mixon, the running back from, from Cincinnati. But he's consistently around the football. When he's been asked to play for the Bears, he, he comes up big, and it's always around the football. And the guy who I liked as well is Kasim Edibali. There were a couple yep. plays yep. where he, he really set the edge and forced the running back of the Bengals to cut it back inside. Then at, on other plays where he had to uh, crash and close, you, you can definitely see his experience in the National Football League, and he's played in numerous games, and I think you could definitely see it. It showed up in, in the game uh, last night. Yeah, 61 games of NFL experience for Etabale and a high motor in pursuit. That's one of the scouting reports on Etabale, a fifth-year man out of Boston College who began uh, the bulk of training camp banged up, but he's getting himself healthy and ready to go in a position that uh, there is some need, no question, to fill out uh, that roster for the Bears defensively. We'll continue our conversation here on Bears All Access after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, sign your child up for a fun non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp brought to you by Gatorade and Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, kind enough to join us again this week. Uh, we missed you, my friend. You've been uh, there for us throughout the offseason, but now uh, we've been uh, talking to Bears players. We had a great training camp visit with uh, a number of players, uh, not the least of which was Mitch Trubisky and Charles Leno Jr., Cody Whitehair. Uh, it's really been fun getting to know these guys when you get to spend significant time with them, Tom, you know, for 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, it is. I mean, because you, you know, you kind of always find something out new about these guys, the better they get to know you, the more they kind of unveil a little information about themselves. But you know, it's, it's been a, a fun road here in training camp so far, because I think every practice has held a little bit more interest. You see the development of players, the development of offense and, you know, as these games click through in the preseason, I, I, I do I find myself having more interest in these preseason games in, in, in quite a long time. Well, and in, in you look at it, you know, even some of the comments after the game from Mitchell, you know, I think, you know, you got to have a sense of urgency, and I think he's, he really is starting to feel that. You know, the season, we can say, hey, five preseason games, it's, you know, it's a marathon and all those things, but before you know it, it's already here. You know, and you got, and you know, we all understand the reasons. There's a lot of things going on in terms of, of players being in and out of the lineup, and all the new information of of offense. But you know, every player is is given that information. You'd like to think that they can go in there 
and you know and perform at, at that level. And I think it, it hasn't clicked yet. And I think some of the comments by Mitchell Trubisky is like, hey, it's it's not up to our standards. So you always got to be clawing for perfection, and you should want to try and be perfect every single uh, day you're out there on the whether it's the practice field or in a game. And now I think after two games, that sense of urgency is starting to kick in. And I think some of Mitch's comments really ignited that. You know, Jim and Jeff, one of the thing that kind of changes the, the momentum a little bit, when you transfer from Bourbonnet back to the facility, and now yeah. you're back in the work place that if you make this team if you earn an opportunity if you win that locker man this is where you're going to work hopefully for quite a while and I do think it puts a little bit of extra pressure when you start going home because you know okay if I'm home after training camp boy it's closer to that regular season and the evaluation time is getting shorter so I I do think that puts a little bit of you know wrenches up the tempo a little bit too when you go home. Well, not only that, I, I believe there's very significant competition going on here. I mean, we, we look at the secondary, for example. I mean, they can't keep everybody, obviously, but guys that have been here for a while, we mentioned this last night on the broadcast, and Jim, you just mentioned DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, who is outstanding on special teams, so that guy's got a leg up in the competition, but he he's also been well thought of enough to actually get on the field in three safety sets last year with Vic Fangio, so... He, he's earning his way onto this roster. Um, nothing's guaranteed yet, but he's, he's starting that process again. And and DeAndre Hall, guy's got attitude. I mean, he, he hasn't had a lot of great opportunity. He was hurt, obviously, last year at the beginning of the year. But he is yapping back there, and he'll hit you. And I think he's earning more and more confidence every day. He had a nice evening last night. And so you're, you're evaluating this, this secondary and all these other position battles um, with a new coaching staff, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, and a new head coach, I'm just wondering where these decisions are going to fall when you cut down to 53. Now, it's you know a lot of people say, ah, you know, you're talking about guys that are on the lower end of the roster, or going to be special teams guys. It all matters. It all matters. It, it lights the flame to start the competitive conversation at every position because that's what you're left with in the preseason. First couple of weeks of the preseason. Heck, next week these guys aren't going to play a ton of snaps again. They'll play more. They're not going to play a whole game. So this is what our evaluation is centered on are these other guys, the guys we've been talking about on this show. But then then introduce Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, into those decision-making process. Because when you look at the fake punt that was run against the Bears last night, that's something that's going to be going over a, a couple of few times by Chris Tabor in understanding the players that were completely, you know, unbeknownst to that the play or some guys that understood it quickly and then gave a great gave great chase to it because Josh Woods was the guy that caught it from behind and here's an interior linebacker that shows significant speed he's got the ability to play so you know you taught you drafted a guy in the first round as a linebacker you drafted another interior linebacker but Josh Woods is the guy that's kind of showing up in spots that have speed attached to it that is as impressive as anybody and I think, too, it's going to factor in, you know, with all the new rules on kickoff, who do you trust? Are you going to trust a rookie or are you going to trust a veteran? You know, like somebody like Bali who's been around the, the league a little bit, you know, in terms of game planning and adjustments to how officials are going to call, um, you know, the kickoff and kick return with all the new rules that are involved there. Because there's going to be adjustments every single week. It just sounds like the league office and the, and the officials are going to tweak that from week to week with how things are called on the field, what they want called, what they don't want called, what was missed, what was not missed, how it's going to be called 
in the future, you know, compared to, say, week four to how it's called in week 12. And so I think you want to have savvy football players, which technically are going to be all your backups that are going to be on those units uh, pretty much. Your backup linebackers, your backup safeties, like a, a Houston Carson that will be in those roles. And, and how much do you trust them? And, and obviously those guys getting some, some playing time over the last couple of years is really going to benefit them. And I think that's going to factor in as well. Hey, but, uh, you know, I, I have not looked into it today, but what was the results of the other games in terms of helmet rule and all that? And, and Jim, I don't know if you did your show today or not. Uh, I know you're traveling once again, but on Sirius XM, any, any pushback again today, not just in our game, but. With no, the I, rule? I do know there was one ejection uh, in a game. But I think overall, you know, it's being received. Obviously, the coaches are saying everything that they need to say. Hey, we're just going to adjust with how the uh, officials are, are calling it. But, you know, I think right now they're trying, trying to create a database, at least the league offices and the officials, of what they say, how it's going to unfold during the year. So all these preseason games matter because, as we saw last night, whether it's the, the new helmet rule or the kickoff rule and how it's going to be officiated, They'll create a database where they'll probably come to a hopefully a, at least a better consensus by the end of the preseason. So I still think it's an early infancy uh, of really the reaction because we're really, for most of the league, they're one game in. The Bears are two game in. And this really probably you'll hear, you'll hear some tricklings out of the, the league office and the, and the officiating office this week from Al Riveron of how it went and how the maybe potential changes as they start to really formulate their game plan as the season fast approaches. Yeah, that was Colts uh, safety, Shamarco Thomas. He went helmet to helmet on David Moore yeah. of Seattle, and his head coach, Frank Reich, uh, totally supported. He said it was very disappointing because it was pretty clear that he did something inappropriate right. uh, diving in there. So it'll be something we're going to talk about throughout the course of the entire preseason. It's not going to make us happy. I know an agitated Tom Thayer was there last night watching it unfold. And I know it's going to bug you to the to the end. It's going to really tick you off, Tom. Well, it's almost like you get a reaction from the crowd within the stands. And I don't know if they – there's a lot of influence because now I think fans are so smart that sit in the stands, they recognize an illegal hit. And it's almost their reaction sometimes is as meaningful as anything to get a call or change a call. We'll continue on and discuss all this here on Bears All Access. 312-644-6767. Please give us a call here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. And reminding you, you can get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app. Presented by Verizon, Jeff Joniak and Jim Miller. And, Tom, you flew back with the team last night. I uh, went back to the hotel with the crew, ran into uh, the television guys, uh, Adam Amin, who made his uh, maiden voyage last night on Fox with the Bears Broadcasting Network, and Jim Miller, his, uh, his partner in crime. And so the hotel bar is shutting down. Jim's kind enough to buy us a couple adult beverages. And at last call, the bartender... Had music playing in the background, lights are coming on, and he offers a free pour for anyone who could identify the movie that the song that was playing was in. And I have no idea. Nobody knows. Big Jim looked at the ceiling, paused for a second, nails it. Jaws. Confidently, I might add. So 
He got a free cold one because he nailed it. I think the, the song is Show Me the Way to Go Home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, that's right. I don't know how. I thought you were pulling my leg. That was that was masterful and impressive. I, I thought you were just scared to go into the water, Jeff, you know, much like uh, Tom when he's out uh, surfing out there in Hawaii. I, I mean, how could you not know that song from Jaws? I mean, that's a Roy Schneider, and obviously you look at the actors and how great that movie was. So I think it was Conrad and who else was in that movie besides uh, Roy Schneider? Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. That's, 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 Those were the yeah. three guys on the boat having a, having a good night, but it was time to go home. And it was time to go home for us, but that that was a that was a stellar performance. I got a, a tip of the cap. I don't have good recall, so I didn't never I would have never gotten that one. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. We're talking Bears football here after the preseason loss in Cincinnati last night, thirty to twenty-seven. <clears throat> we focused on a, a number of different things, but we we've left out some stuff. I mean, there was a lot of good things. Let's let's talk about again guys that are trying to compete for in this case Ryan Null trying to compete for that. Uh, who's going to be that fourth running back? And, and he's competing, obviously, with Taquan Maisel. Ripped off that long run, and he showed me some pull-away speed. I mean, that was impressive right there. Right. I didn't know that he had that in him. Right. Remember in the postgame, we asked Matt Nagy about it, and he talked about, yeah, I saw Ryan Nall run down the sideline with speed, and then he could see the tightness in the hamstrings, and they see the defender close up around him. But, you know, <clears throat> Ryan Nall, he showed me surprising speed because that's really the first time he got to open up with a run that serious when you got opponents face or chasing you. But <clears throat> his – interior instincts in how to understand the blocking schemes in front of him and where the holes are mostly going to give him the biggest crease to get through. And uh, Mizell showed significant signs of that also, but I did like to see out of Ryan Nall um, his ability to be strong inside the hole, his ability to catch passes out, you know, out in the perimeter, and then his ability to get outside and have significant enough speed to break an over-pursuit by the defense, get around that corner and turn it up. Yeah, I think you know, that's why, and, and Ryan said early in camp, we really liked him for his vision. And really, that play encompasses his vision. Because as Tom mentioned, you got to think when, when he's getting the ball from the quarterback, he's not even looking at the, the ball into, into his belly, right? He's looking at the defensive line, surveying that, obviously the front before even the snap even happens, anticipating where potentially the holes could, could emerge depending on the blocks. Then once he gets the ball, he's got to react. And at the same time, he's already surveyed the defensive line then he sees the corner outside crash pretty quickly. That corner came inside almost, uh, almost, I'd say maybe two, two to five yards outside of the tackle box. And Ryan right away said, "Nope, I'm taking it outside." And he bounced it right away. So whether it was a draw or an inside zone run is what I thought it was going to be. Or even if it was a draw, some draws can bounce to the outside like that. But you got to have a running back who has the vision of the secondary and how they're reacting back there at the snap of the ball. And I think clearly you, you could see that because that whole play really encompassed that vision that he has and why uh, Matt Nagy really praised it and why he was he was in camp with the Chicago Bears to begin with. And he's a versatile player. For a big back, he's a versatile player, as Tom mentioned, the way he can catch the ball. He's got some soft hands, and, and that clearly is going to be a prerequisite uh, in this offense also. One thing that I was encouraged by is the Bears' willingness to go back and repeat plays because yeah. early in the game they had a mental error, and then they were able to come back and run the play three other times in the course of the game with really good success. So, you know, sometimes back in, in our days we would damage ourselves if 
Dicka would call a play and we'd go out there and get tackled for loss or have a mistake. He wouldn't go back to it. So I, I, it is encouraging to make sure you show faith in your players and you, you believe in the scheme that you're developing that you can go back and, and repeat the same play and get better results each time. All right, here's some nuggets on no, okay? 80-yard touchdown, 221 yards in an overtime upset uh, for Oregon State, uh, and that was in, against Cal back in 2016. Against Oregon, he had a 66-yard touchdown run. Against Colorado, 172 yards, three touchdowns on 24 carries. He had a, another big game against Oregon, four touchdowns in 2016. 89-yard touchdown run against Washington State. Against Arizona, uh, another big 100-plus uh, game. I'm looking for the big, long touchdown runs. 45-yard touchdown run against Washington State again in 2017. And a 75-yard touchdown run against Colorado State. So... He's more than capable of doing it. Jeff, he's 6'2", 232. You have Michael Burton, who's a just a full, not just a fullback. He's a fullback. He's he is a big, powerful fullback, six foot two forty. But when you look at Ryan Nall and you see, you think of six two two thirty two. That's a big running back. He that's a guy with length and is a guy with power and size behind him. Because you look at Benny Cunningham, five ten two eighteen. And I'm just saying, there is a diverse size on the running back flow chart here with the Bears and. Oh. You know, six two is is a good size for a guy. Yeah, and I mean, God forbid if Jordan Howard would have go down to injury, who's going to be your short yardage goal line back? You know, he'd probably be the the man up is the way I'd look at it. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Put Burton back there? I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I would think Null is in a legit competition to to make this roster for that very reason. Because um, those situations and it it is about situational football uh, in the NFL, and I would think uh, Coach Nagy wants to uh, deploy. All those sets um, that really threaten, and, and when sometimes you need to pound it, you got to be able to pound it. You got to have the guys that can do it. And really, Howard and, and Nall are really the two bigger backs on this yep. football team. Well, he runs a four five eight. At least he did at the combine, and he's a tough inside runner, and he has special teams ability. He was running down kicks last night, and he was getting down there yep. in a hurry. So it was a good bright spot for the Bears last night. Uh, any of the other. Guys down the line on the roster that maybe caught your eyes last night. Hey, uh, I like Jeff and Jim. I like Tyler Bray from yep. the opportunities that he's been giving in the last two weeks and then practices. He sh- he shows his height. He has a good view of over the top of the line of scrimmage. He's got good confidence in his arm. Either fill- fitting in into tight holds, and I know that you know kind of overthrowing the Ben Broniker in the end zone. You know was was kind of a tough deal, but. He, he has a higher plus side, um, and I didn't know what to expect out of him because we've never been exposed to him for this long. But from what he's been doing, Jim, I, I like what he's been doing in this offense. He, he made some nice throws, and, and clearly you can see the arm strength. And a couple of those, he threaded the needle uh, pretty good, especially the one the Broniker that went for the big run. I mean, that was, that was a tight throw, and he put it right on the money where, where he needed to, and a couple of throws to the outside, I thought he put it on, on the money. For a bigger guy, and he's, hey, he's, he's sat in Kansas City for basically five years. You know, a couple of years he was dealing with that wrist injury uh, when he was coming out of Tennessee, but ultimately corrected that. But this offense, he should feel very comfortable in. And I think you saw, you know, for at least both, um, you know, Chase Daniel and Bray, I think they do show the, the rhythm when they get into it. And granted, they're dealing with different guys, but you can see they're getting guys lined up. You know, I even saw Bray signaling you know some things that he wanted 
and he's you know and then of course the young players that aren't used to it are kind of looking at him cross-eyed and he's still trying to work it to, to get it all coordinated at the line of scrimmage so you can definitely see the experience but he, he has a lot of arm talent he really does he just he needs to play I mean that's really where it's at he's he's a guy who probably needs to play right now at, at this time in his career and we all know why he's here and he will be here probably all year for the Chicago Bears and and because he's you know, there to be the support system in the offense for what Mitchell Trubisky needs to, to learn and use that resource all the way to preparation on game day every single week. But I liked what I saw from Tyler Bray last night. Into his sixth year in the National Football League, first five with Kansas City, learning that system of Matt Nagy and what they put together for the Chicago Bears. Another segment to go here on Bears All Access. We'll look ahead to what's going to happen in the next few days, both in Bourbon A and Denver, up at Hallis Hall as well. As you listen to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy. And now it's a return after today's day off, a return to Bourbon A. A night practice on the campus of Alabama Nazarene tomorrow, a Sunday a closed practice, and then off on Monday, but they're back up at Hattasaw. They'll do a little work on Tuesday and move off to Denver, and then a, a week of work with the Broncos. Wednesday and Thursday, walk through Friday, game Saturday night, and next Saturday you can hear it on WBBM. Uh, fellas, I know Tom and I discussed this uh, somewhat at length last night. I'm a big fan of it. I think Tom's coming around with this team about working against another team. I just see great benefits from it all the way across the board. I, I see no downside. How do you guys feel about it in time in retrospect after thinking about it a little more? How do you feel? Well, you know, the first day that a couple of these rookies get up there, even experienced guys, they're going to think that they have no oxygen at all. It's 86, 87, 86, 85, 85, the temperature there in Denver. Those are hot practices at high altitude. So I do think there's going to take a little bit of time that these guys are going to be able to have a, to get acclimated there to be physical, to exert the energy that's expected out of them, and then go out there and have lengthy practices for a few days in a row. I like the idea of them going there. I think it's it's good for a new coaching staff. It's good for a team to you know to stay close and you know create that camaraderie. And I do think there's a lot of good friendships developing on this team. So I do like it. It breaks up the monotony of just being at one site for six weeks. So I'm okay with it. I just want to see, I'll, I'll have a different opinion at the end of the week than at the beginning. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's going to get the bears, especially at certain positions, a lot of good work. You know what I mean by that? How about Bobby Massey going against a speed rusher like Von Miller Oof. or Chris Harris. Think about young Anthony Miller when he's got to line up against Chris Harris, who's a pro bowl uh, corner uh, in this league. Think about the bears secondary getting challenges from Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, two qualified uh, receivers in the National Football League. So I just I, I think it's great you can get get guys going on two fields in terms of you know one field where uh, the Bears offense is going against the the Broncos defense and vice versa on a, on another field and how the Bears will be working. So you get two groups going. You could have two two minute drills uh, going at the same time. So certainly the coaches are going to talk to one another and how they're going to script it with Vance Joseph and, and Matt and things that they want to work on. Uh, but all the one-on-one situations against maybe different techniques and, and different players I think will be beneficial, especially for the young players, uh, you know, as they watch the older guys work against some of the best in, in, the, in the league. 
overall. So I think it's good anytime you can go against another team. You know, you do have to you do have to be in control of the discipline because I have been in cross team camps that we fought so much that we had to split up and we had to go our separate directions and go home. So, and I, you do have to be in control of these. I know when they went to New England a few years ago, everything was solid. They had one scuffle. Indianapolis a few years back, same same thing. But so, I mean, you you do have to make sure that you go out there and you get something accomplished in the practices. You just don't want to have some of the trouble that you have in other when other teams play each other if you guys were preparing to do this as players what are some of the uh, things you have to go through to get yourself ready to deal with the altitude today like right now oh not uh, nothing i you know uh, uh, jen gibson the director of the sports science is up at hallis hall i think they've been having conversations about how to prepare for this uh, you know in terms of hydration i think the longer you're up there, the more comfortable you're going to feel. But it's just going to be that first couple hours that you go through practices the first couple days that is going to it's going to feel overwhelming. I played up at the Air Force Academy and I played up in Denver a lot. So you do have that feeling and, um, you know, eventually you become used to it unless you're Jeff. Yeah, it's going to be the hydration aspect of it. One, you're traveling there, high altitude, and, you know, they're going to benefit from them. Conditioning level of it's going to be beneficial for the Chicago Bears as well. And they'll be, they'll be, you know, I think the Broncos will be cognizant of it too. When, how many breaks that they'll take, you know, and how the stru- uh, practice is, is structured. So I think they'll be smart about it from that aspect. But I think overall it's going to be fantastic. And just the competition level, it's going to ratchet up. You know, it's technically it is still the Bears against the Denver Broncos. And every team's going to want to show up every single day. I, I saw San Francisco last year. Go. Uh, they traveled out to, or excuse me, Denver traveled out to go to San Francisco, and those were great matchups between Trent Brown, who's now a New England Patriot. Before they traded him, he was a San Francisco 49er, and them and Von Miller just going at it every single play. So you're going to have some good matchups one on one in terms of the periods, and then the team periods and how it all comes together. So it's it's going to be good for both teams overall. Well, you remember we, when we were playing the Patriots and practiced there a couple of years ago? You mentioned the scuffle, but you know, it was Malcolm Butler and Alshon Jeffrey. And there was also an injury, I believe, to Rob Gronkowski after one of those practices. But Butler was thrown out of there by Belichick for fighting with Jeffrey. And, you know, now th- looking back at that, <laughs> Malcolm Butler doesn't play in the Super Bowl. You know, Jeffrey had a really good couple of practices against the Patriots that week, two years ago. Do you think that was in the back of his mind? No, I, I just think that when you go through these simulated drills, one team offensively or defensively, they, there's an advantage to it. And so no, when I'm you. Saying, I'm saying related to Butler not playing in the Super Bowl. No, I know it's uh, a, a long shot, but. No. Hey, we never I, got an explanation. There's too much separate, too much, too much time <laughs> and separation between that decision. Bill Belichick's going to make the best decision for the team leading up to the game itself. I don't think he would hold something in the back of his mind that took place so long ago to affect the Super Bowl roster decision. Jim Miller and uh, Tom there with you on Bears All Access. Our remaining moments here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, there is a lot to go on the Inside Bears show this week. Uh, Trey Burton going for a ride with Anthony Spice Adams, another edition of Big Guy in a Benz. Inside the Bears airs Saturday, 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 1035 on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com 
or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. All right, some bullet points real quick. Next step in the development and growth of this team, starting with practice this weekend and moving into Denver, let's start with Mitch Trubisky. We'll do some quick bullet points for both of you guys. Uh, you know, I think Mitch has just has to stay the course. You know, again, evaluate the tape. You know, I'm glad that Mitch isn't showing this overwhelming excitement about the performance of the first unit because you know you got to come back here and, and seriously get prepared, and you have to make improvements, adjustments, and you know the you know the Mitch is not going to be a finished product even when the regular season starts. Mitch is going to be. You know, it's going to be ever learning. It's you know, you're never going to say, "Oh, Mitch, you know it all. You got it. You're you're done. You're ready to go." No, I think every time he goes out to practice, every time he's on the field, there's going to be a coaching point made that's going to help him become a more intelligent player. But I think that that should be across the board for the entire offense when they get an opportunity to show up again. Yeah, it really was what Coach Nagy talked about. There was always just one player, you know, doing the wrong assignment or not finishing and. All those things, you know, all those things matter. As we know, it takes all 11 guys. It's never going to be perfect, but you want it to be as close to perfect as you can. And I think it's right now is another opportunity for Mitch Trubisky to really assert, you know, his command, you know, and demand, you know, perfection from, from his teammates. When they go out to Denver, hey, guys, enough of the, the bad snaps, enough of the drop footballs. Let, let's be perfect today. You know, demand it from your teammates. You want to push them to be the best and his teammates should push him to be the best when when he has a mistake so now's the time to really be more more assertive and i think be more demanding because the season is not far away no it isn't didn't see alan robinson taylor gabriel's banged up no Tariq cohen no jordan howard no danny trevathan prince of mukamara and no roquan smith just yet either that's a topic for another day as this thing still is a log jam with the bears first round linebacker hopefully we'll see some of those guys on the field against the broncos in next Saturday's game up in Denver. Well, thanks for joining us, Big Jim. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're swamped uh, with all your training camp uh, travels, but we appreciate it. Always good to be with you guys. You know that, and we'll see you out in Denver. All right, Jim Miller with us. Four-time fair, Jim Miller. And also thanks to Mike Chen for helping us out. Thank you, most of all, for listening. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.